0: Okay, let's get right to it. We're saying that Jesus did kingdom teaching during the gospel period. He was only speaking to Israel. That was his mission. Uh, that's not church teaching, but here's an example. He says in uh, Matthew 5, verse 17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill for surely I say to you till heaven and earth pass away one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever does and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What's going on here? I said you're supposed to teach the law, and you're supposed to keep that law, and, but Paul tells us that the law doesn't save, and it was only given to show people that they needed a savior. So what's going on? We see a real difference here between these teachings. Paul, Jesus said, I do not come to destroy the law or the prophets, I came to fulfill them. And even since he even says here that if uh, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Listen, brothers, get this. This is during that millennial period. There's going to be great light. Remember, going into that period, that millennial period, everyone is saved. Every Gentile is saved. Every Jew is saved. And they are... Uh, recipients now, not of the same type of spiritual experience that we had. Everybody's saved by the death of Christ and faith in that, understand that. But the Holy Spirit does not, is not forming these people into the church. They are going to be people who actually keep the Ten Commandments and who will do the Beatitudes, if you will, from the heart. That's why he says, if there's anyone there who breaks the least of these commandments and teaches men so. See, there's going to be a great teaching period during that millennium. We've spoken about that before, and there's many scriptures that show that the Jews are going to be used during that period to educate Gentile believers who are being treated just as if they were Jews, see, there's going They will be, those who are not my people will be called my people. That's not talking about the church because that's in the Old Testament. Church is not revealed in the Old Testament, so it must be talking about the Gentiles. You see how you compare Scripture with Scripture and you come up with the right conclusion? You have to see that. Okay, so he said it's going to all be fulfilled. Now, my little subtitle here in my New King James says, Christ fulfills the law. I often taught that myself, you know, well, when Jesus died, that fulfilled the law. No, no, no. That law is still going to be used in the lives of these saved Jews who will not be the same as believers who have this Holy Spirit dwelling in them. In fact, God talks about this new covenant see that the people in that time period are going to be under the new covenant and here's where god says it this is in uh, jeremiah 31. now he alludes to this and several other prophecies or other prophets write about this in the letter to the hebrews uh, they refer back to this often now let me read this new covenant Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now he names those two because the kingdom is divided at that point. One is called Judah and one is called Israel. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. That covenant was based on the law, and they promised at the foot of Mount Sinai everything that God has said we will do, and we know that they dramatically failed over and over again. He even says, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, I was there to help them to, help them to keep this new, this old covenant, and yet they didn't do that. But this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. That hasn't happened yet. Sometimes people will try to apply this to the church, but it's far different, far different. We have a new nature that's in which dwells the Holy Spirit. He dwells there and he magnifies or manifests Christ to us using the scriptures. Okay, so this is the covenant I make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. See, they're going to get a new heart, a spiritual heart, a heart of flesh that is able to understand the Word of God. It's going to be like Jesus, okay? That's the idea. And they're going to keep that law. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. But they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. See, only the millennial period could ever answer to that call. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So they're not going to teach each other how to be saved. Why? Because everybody's already saved. Why did Jesus say, I want you to baptize and teach them everything I taught you? Why didn't he say, make sure they get saved and then baptize them? Because that's really the biblical order, okay? And even if they weren't baptized, they would still be saved. Talk to the thief on the cross if you don't believe that one. Talk to Abraham. He was never baptized and yet he was saved. So here's the point. They're not going to be teaching salvation. And Zechariah, I I should have written it down, but I believe it's chapter uh, 8 at the end. I did uh, refer to it last week. It says, during that millennial period, 10 men from every nation, see that's the Gentile nations, will lay hold of a Jewish man, grab him by the sleeve and say, take us up to Zion. We have heard that God is with you. See, there's going to be a hunger for God. They're going to be saved, okay? They're going to know the Lord. They don't need to be evangelized, but they desperately need to know how do you live in this kingdom period? How do we serve God? How do we grow in Jesus Christ? So that's exactly what they're going to do. And that's that new covenant. And that is referred to a number of times uh, in the Old Testament. And I also included that in with the uh, reference papers that you have. I hope that you'll read them. Okay. Okay. So, here's what Jesus said, too, and this is another thing. Let me read the whole thing again. This is uh, chapter 5 of Matthew. I started reading. I didn't finish. Do not think that he came to destroy the law of the prophets. I do not come to destroy it, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away. See, that's an important thing because we often think that, and I did, too. I got to admit that the law was all done with when, when Jesus died on the cross, I mentioned that before. But no, he says, until heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle, that's like the period over or a dot over the eye, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. See, he's not going to be lost. You get that? It's not going to show, oh, oh, he wasn't really saved, but he's going to be called the least. But who's going to be the greatest? Whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't matter about greatness down here, brothers. <laughs> it really doesn't. Who is God going to call great in heaven? and actually this is the kingdom of heaven on earth that's really what it is you know all those years uh, over and over again oh lord your kingdom come well here it is it's going to be an earthly kingdom for a thousand years and beyond that is eternity oh man there's such great things in place Let us get our eyes off the present pain and stress and uh, the growing pains. (laughs) And let us look to the future as giving light and comfort to today. Wow, this is awesome. And he shall be called great. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, see, this is coming back to salvation. How do you get righteous in God's sight? You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham believed and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He believed God. Paul tells us that Abraham believed the gospel. And he did that long before the law was ever given. That's what Paul points out to the Galatians who are all tangled up in the law. See, we are under grace. We are led by the Spirit through the Word of God as believers in Jesus Christ. Now, in that millennial period, with Jesus ruling from the throne of David and Jerusalem over all the earth, with the apostles seated on the 12 thrones of the tribes of Israel, and with uh, righteousness and peace and the truth of God prevalent everywhere, uh, great light What a difference it's going to be. It's not going to be like it is now. But your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes at first. And why did he say that? Because the common people looked up to these people as superior beings. And nobody is superior to anyone else unless God has put them in a position not to be superior, but to be ministers to the people. That You know, God's idea of top dog... Top place, top position is a foot washer. That's what Jesus did, right? I've given you an example. As I have washed your feet, you need to wash other people's feet. And, of course, that has a spiritual connotation, which we've spoken about before, of bringing the Word of God to people and cleaning them up so that they can have fellowship with Jesus. That's not the blood. That's the water of the Word that it causes us to uh, be strong in the Lord and to understand that there's no barrier between us and God. Jesus took that barrier out of the way. That that barrier was our cross that we should have died on. Jesus took our cross <laughs> and made it a bridge to reach Jesus, uh, to reach Jesus certainly, but also to reach God. God and Jesus synonymous, no difference. Holy Spirit, Trinity, it's, uh, it's just remarkable what God has uh, played out here for us. So these are uh, wonderful promises that God has given. Uh, now, he says here in, uh, this is verse 13 of uh, Matthew 5. See, Matthew 5 is really the gospel of the kingdom, or it's really principally addressed to Jews to kind of grab their heritage, their position that God has given them to be lights to the world and to the Gentile nations, and out of them comes the church. He says here, and this is to us, you are the salt of the earth. I've, see, I've seen things uh, where the, the idea of that is, well, you're living such a good life, everybody, you make them thirsty for God. No, that's not what it is. The thing is, this old world is rotten away. <laughs> salt was used in those days to preserve to Uh, meat from rotting. So we're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, okay, that means that spiritual touch on our teaching and our lives, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Listen, keep your own spiritual life up. Make time for Jesus, for just you and Jesus. Sit at his feet like Mary did. Hear his words. Understand he loves you. He loves you. And when when you grab that, and you know, I'm not worthy. No, no, no. Come on. Nobody's worthy except God's made them worthy. And he's, he's called sinners to come to him. How much more his own people how much more his own people. Jesus is a friend of sinners. You got a problem? You got a friend in Jesus. You got a friend in Jesus who can change things, and he will as you allow him to. I hope some of this Teaching is starting to take root in your heart and mind. You start challenging old things that you have been taught in the church by people, frankly, that had things confused, even though they had some really good things, too. We don't ever want to disparage anyone who has trusted in Jesus Christ, but every man's teaching, every man's life, uh, comes under the scrutiny of the Scriptures. The Scriptures have predominance in all things. Paul said, "'Do not go beyond that which is written.'" when we see innovation brought into the church and, oh, let's do this. This will be a good idea. This will bring them in. Nothing ever brings people in like love. Nothing ever attracts people like genuine love. And, but first of all, a love has to be to the Savior. And how can that be unless we recognize that he loved us? Think of yourself <laughs> without the frills, without the barriers, without the masks that we wear sometimes. We're nothing, we're nothing but Jesus made us everything He made us his He made us his dear people and we can we can sit at the feet of jesus and we can we can weep there we can take in what he said, we can understand that he he means us. He means us. Wow, so many people be so happy. I saw a woman one time. <laughs> she was running back into the store because she had won one of those scratch tickets. And she was so excited. I said, how much did you win? She said, $5. My goodness. Oh, you get the application. Let us revel in that which is true. Let us spend time with Jesus until his truth and the water of his word permeates into our most inmost being and washes our hearts and minds so we can have deep fellowship with him so that we can we can stand with his arm on, around our shoulders pointing us to the future pointing us first of all to himself and pointing us to the future that he's taking us into what a time that's going to be what a day that will be they all the old is gone and the new is before us, and God promises that uh, in His new covenant to Israel, and how much how much we can count on His on Him to uh, fulfill that for Israel, but also for uh, the uh, the Gentiles nation. Thus says the Lord of hosts: This is verse uh, twenty-three of Jeremiah thirty-one. They shall again use this speech in the land of Judah and in its city when I bring back their captivity. The Lord bless you, O home of justice and mountain of holiness. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and all its cities together, farmers and those going out with flocks, for I have satiated the weary soul and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. This is the great promise of That wonderful millennial period, which is already in some sense begun in our hearts because we have the king of righteousness living in us. He has given us his own righteousness by taking away our sin and clothing us in his own blood and then washing our feet as we come into contact with this dirty world to keep us not only on the straight and narrow, but enjoying his fellowship. God bless you, brothers. I hope that you will continue to dig into the scriptures, read the scriptures, compare, and say, by the grace of God, I I want to know the truth of God. I want to portray God as he is. I want to rightly divide the word of truth so that I don't mislead other people, but I also encourage other people that Jesus himself is the truth, and he is dealing with these three entities. Number one is Israel, Number two is the church, and number three is the Gentile nations. And his name is going to be exalted in the earth by all three entities as all these things come to fruition. God bless you, brothers. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.